Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the official radio home of the Chicago Cubs. Listen to every game here on Sports Radio 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Contreras drives one in the air, deep center field. Back goes Reynolds. He's got a chance. Gone. Live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are WSCR in HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. In Odyssey Station. The Score! Tripping. I'm out of here anyway. We Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified on tomorrow's show. We will have our first weekly visit with the Sox Machine guys. That's going to be a thing throughout the season this year. Josh and Jim are going to come and hang out and talk White Sox with me. So we will do that tomorrow. I reached out to Steven Bardo. I'm really looking forward to having him on the show tomorrow because he's done color commentary for both the Bucks and the Bulls. So what better person to break down this matchup between the Bucks and the Bulls than Bardo? He will be on tomorrow's show as well. Big thanks to Ray Diaz, who does an amazing job being the executive producer of this show. The next show is the Parkins and Spiegel show. Spiegel's holding it down by himself today, which means... There will be a lot of conversation about baseball. Wait, I didn't it, say it right. Baseball. I mean, why not at this moment as it is sweeping the nation? It is sweeping the nation. Oh, it is. It's everywhere. There's 30 teams, Lawrence. They're spread out all over the country. And and they keep playing. They keep playing games. Um, well, there's and, a middle part of the country where there aren't any teams. but Is there? I mean, you know. Well, I know you're looking for a team in Omaha. I am looking for a team in Omaha. Okay. Well, you can be that guy. You can be that guy on the 50,000-watt blowtorch in Chicago <laughs> campaigning for baseball in Omaha. I would like a team in, in, in New Orleans uh, okay. that isn't the Zephyrs. I got to say, that's not really the middle part of the country. Well, you you know, know what I mean. Middle, I'm using middle America like politicians use it. <laughs> Flyover. Yeah. Flyover states. Yeah. That's, that's everything. I, I, I like a team in Las Vegas, and I think they're going to get one. I, I, there was a setback on that front. Just saw that the other day. Something going on. Yeah, our guy Derek Stevens at Circa heavily invested um, in wanting a baseball team in Vegas because he used to own the Vegas AAA team where one of his players was Cody Decker, who's going to come on the show today at around 320 or so. So we'll talk to Cody later on. But that's how they got together. But, yeah, Derek Stevens, it's so funny. When we were talking to him 
about why baseball really should be in Vegas. I I I, I filled in the blank on a on his answer about why baseball would be good. I said a lot of games. He said, "Oh yes, yes, inventory, plenty of inventory." That's why they're hot for baseball, because you could bet on 162 or you could bet on 81 NBA games. Which one would you rather have in town? You know? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have the, the more inventory. I think so. And this isn't so. even a city in this country, but Montreal should have a team, damn it. Yeah. No, well, yeah, that'd be nice. You're the Montreal guy. You're all about the Montreal bagels. You're, you got that fancy sweatshirt. And that pizza. You got you're up there. The bread is just amazing. And you know what? I, I keep Montreal on my weather app because I, you know, I'm often like, man, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to pick a weekend and go. The crazy thing about Montreal. So like, you know, I'll give you an example so I can, I can set a baseline here, Speaks. Yeah. I'm looking at the weather app right now. And one of the things that it has is air quality. So right now, Chicago's air quality is good. Like the it, it the number that they have for it is forty six. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me look at some of the other cities that I have. Phoenix is, is one that I keep on the weather app. The air quality is moderate at fifty five. Las Vegas, circa all the people out there, air quality moderate at fifty six. Tuscaloosa, roll tide. Down in Tuscaloosa right now, the air quality pretty pretty good at thirty six. In Montreal, the air quality is three. Here's what they say about air quality in the app. It's similar to yesterday. You don't have to worry at all. It's clean air, clean water. Viva la Montreal. Yeah, man. Well, you know, Canada's got that. I got uh, a, a friend of my brother's who's like Harvard-educated, brilliant, quirky, weird person, retired, actually didn't retire, like moved basically with his family in his 40s to an incredibly remote part of Canada just to like live near incredibly beautiful, pristine water and breathe delicious air because he thinks that's a better way to live. He's probably not wrong. No, he's not. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. I need to just buy a cabin and just hang out there. And the crazy part, like with... With Montreal, like it's literally forty five minutes from from Vermont, like from the middle of Vermont. Just go there and hang out, get some syrup. Go, uh, Lawrence. Do you feel like you're seeing more contact hitters all over baseball? You feel like you're seeing a slow adjustment and a trend reversal a, a, a little bit. Obviously, there's still tons of pop and a lot of lot of swing and miss. But do you feel like you're seeing it more? I don't know if we have enough data yet to even look at it. So. I would. I wonder when it comes to the Cubs in particular, if that's a part of the construction model that Jed is talking about, where he wanted to change the way that the Cubs looked offensively. And so you add a guy like Nick Madrigal, for example, because you want to have that. And you find out that Seiya Suzuki is a very particular type of hitter in a really good way. I don't know if I feel like there's a lot of just contact guys. Like I'd, I'd like to wait a few more weeks to make a pronouncement like that. But I do like the idea that front offices are trying to start thinking about doing this differently. You know, and, and obviously some of the rules are going to push it that way. But I've always been a guy who loves looking at the cycles in the game, like how there was that. I don't know, decade, maybe decade and a half where people who threw like John Lester, low sinking fastballs, everything heavy, everything going into the ground. Those guys were killing it. Right. 
And that heavy stuff where everything's sinking forced a lot of ground balls. And it's like, it's how, like how Dallas Keuchel still tries to pitch, you know? And very little hard contact in the air. There was that for a long time. And then there were dudes who started actively trying to loft the ball, adding the launch angle, sacrificing contact for occasional power in the air. And front offices were like, cool, yeah, that's all right. And then it worked. It worked. So you got a whole bunch of three outcome guys and people got paid and like people thought that Jack Cust might be a decent ball player and he wasn't, you know, like stuff like that. And like, you know, so and then the pitchers countered with the high four seam rising fastballs at the top of the zone and some kind of off speed pitch that looks just like it. But then it drops down into the strike zone or below and. So we had all the launch angle guys swinging under that stuff. And then all of a sudden, Mark Reynolds is striking out 225 times in a season. And, and here's and, Chris Davis and, yeah, and right, the other exactly. Chris Davis. Yeah, so the big piles of Chris Davis is all doing the same thing. Fewer balls got put in play, and the pitchers got all the power, and we started having less balls in play, and people started panicking. And now rules are going to get discussed to fix the power balance, but also I think teams and players – are are starting to counter it. They really are starting to counter it with contact. And when I see Stephen Kwan, you know, in Cleveland, and I see uh, guys like that, and I see certain teams like the Cubs and the Guardians leaning on that sort of methodology all throughout the system, and, you know, they share Carter Hawkins and stuff. Like, I, I, and I, I want to look around. I want to look wider. I haven't really had a chance to look super wide, but... You know, I love when the game sort of heals itself uh, in that way. And I do think it needs rules to help heal itself. And that's why we're seeing some. And I'm a fan of, of, of several of them that are either, you know, a, a getting put in this year or next year. But that overall cycle of the game, we, I guess we do see it in other sports, um, that kind of cycle of the game sort of healing itself or reacting to itself. But... But in terms of baseball, I love watching that because it plays out over decades. For sometimes. sure. And, and you've got to figure out if you're, if you're someone who's putting a team together, managing a team, or even playing on a team, like what your hitting profile is going to be. And you're right, where you have these guys that have the heavy sink that, that were dominating at one point, and then the change came. And, and, and I think you were actually – I, I, I w- want to give you some kudos. I think you were one of the first people that was looking at the data and going – yeah, you can change your swing plane if you want, but understand that you're now being attacked with fastballs in the upper part of the strike zone, which is going to make it difficult for you to get underneath those because you're not going to be able to catch up. I remember to the those. series. I remember the series when it happened, man, or at least when we all got hip to it. Was the Cubs out in L.A. against the Dodgers in 2017? It was like, uh oh, uh oh, they all got beat in exactly the same way. And then they got beat in those playoffs in exactly the same way. You know, it was like, uh oh, troubles, troubles coming. And they never really, those, those humans couldn't adjust. And I, and I read the sentence the other day and it was about Cleveland, but it stands to be uh, what about, about what Jed thinks that in Cleveland, they think it is now more plausible to teach contact hitters to have power than to teach power hitters to gain contact. And, and that's a shift. That is a big old shift that um, I think we're going to see play out with, with more smart organizations. I, the league. I find myself, Speaks, I'm still invested in Javier Baez. Like He's one of my favorite players in the league. And watching him in Detroit and knowing that he has a resource in Miguel Cabrera 
to to lean on. I, I hope that he takes advantage of it. I hope that he's capable of taking advantage of it. Some, so he might go, hey, doing me is what got me this contract. I'm going to keep doing me, and there's nothing wrong with that. But watching him in the White Sox series and watching the White Sox at the time mistakenly throw him two fastballs that ended up losing them that first game when you know his hitting profile is throw him sliders. You know, I go back to the Joe Madden saying when he learns how to lay off sliders low and away, he becomes Manny Ramirez. And when you have a hitting profile like that, it, it disappoints me when a player doesn't make the adjustment because you could see, like, Joe's clearly right. Like, he's still got the bat speed to be able to cover fastballs, and he did it inside of the series against the White Sox. But it's just like, come on, man. Like, if if you were I, – and I know that it's it's harder than I'm making it out to be. But if you make that adjustment, you could end up being one of the greatest hitters of all time. And, w- and when you see some, someone like that that is so gifted at, at the game and really thinks the game through, like like Javi is – Javi is – we probably don't give him enough credit for how smart of a player he is. And knowing that he thinks about all of these things, he thinks very methodically about base running and defensive alignment and and, and all of that stuff to go – Man, if you just could fight your urge to to hit the ball 500 feet on some of those pitches low and outside, think of how much fun we all would have watching you. Yeah, but it's pretty fun to hit at 500 feet, I bet. I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, no, I hear you, man. It, it, absolutely. But, but to your point about Javi's overall game, did you see the quote from Nico Horner a yes. few days back? Oh, man, I loved that so much. Because, like, Nico, Nico is showing some stuff defensively, by the way. Deep into the hole. Long, long throws. Gave you the Jeter play? With the jump up? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And he's like, oh, hey, remember me? I was, uh, I think it was all Pac-10 as a, as a shortstop at Stanford. Um, and so, yeah. But because Nico's thing on Javi was like, People think of him as such a natural talent, right? But that does him a disservice because he's such a thinker in the game. He's super aware. He knows other players and other teams. Always seems to be a step ahead. The process for that might be different, but every pitch he was ready. You never saw him late with a first step on defense or anything like that. There was an attentiveness. He's such a present person. I, I, I love that because, no, people don't think about Javi like that. People think about Javi as, as, as flighty. I don't think he's flighty. I think he's showy. I think he's like. He just I think really, he has fun oh. with the game, I, and and I think that at yeah. every level he's been able to like he's probably been the best guy, you know, at every level. And you get to the major leagues, and he's still one of the best players in major league baseball. Uh-huh. But but it's like, man, if you could ever get to that point, and and that's why I'm like I'm so hopeful because I'm I'm a big Miguel Cabrera fan, and I I am obsessed with the the mythos of Cabrera and the way that he sets up pitchers and knowing that you have a guy another guy that thinks the game through I'm just going Javi just just ask him questions like just just ask him about hitting he's got all the information that you need and you still have the physical capability to do the stuff that he wants to do yeah well, we'll see. We'll see if that kind of thing plays out. All right, look, you brought up Montreal pizza before. What is what is the Montreal pizza? Well, what, what what do they do? The concept is no, no, no. It's not like a special pizza, but okay. the concept is is that 
like with bagels, like the water table makes for great pizza crust. Got you. Got you. Because the, But the Montreal bagel is a different thing. It's a unique uh, animal in the world of bagels, I do believe. It's a piece of I, bread. It's not an animal. Okay, that's a good point. It's a good point by you. Because um, this... <laughs> This guy who tweeted about Spokane-style pizza, this has to be a bit, right? What Spokane-type pizza? Spokane-style pizza. This dude TikToked about it, and it ended up on Twitter, and like people are going crazy about it. It's got to be a bit, because it can't be real, but some other people from Spokane are saying it's real. But I don't. I have not seen that it's fully debunked. I hope that our um, our, our food and beverage expert Shane Reardon is checking in on this. It, it, dude starts off his recipe with a casserole dish, throws a pie crust on top. He squirts on fry sauce, which he refers to as a local Spokane delicacy. He adds canned salmon, bell peppers, and onions. There's lots of mozzarella cheese. There's sliced strawberries. And then you're supposed to cook it Detroit style to get the crispy crust. He puts more fry sauce on it, whatever that is. And it's like creamy fry sauce, a little sweetness and acid from the strawberries. And then he eats the thing and he mm. says he loves it. And I'm, I'm horrified. That's, I, that's not good. It, it, <laughs> right? The canned salmon, the bell peppers, onions, and strawberries. It's also like a lot of work for you to get a slice of pizza. Like that, that seems, it, it seems like way too much work for very little, if any payoff. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but maybe it's delicious, but like there is obviously, and I'm sure someone has done the cataloging, uh, for us that there are a lot of different types of pizzas, obviously all throughout the land. And this guy is trying to tell us that this is a new entree. And I just, I, I hope to hell he's wrong. Yeah. I, I hope he's wrong too. Cause it, it just. It it does seem really really terrible. Yeah. I I mean, but I I have some I have kind of what I think are harsh like pizza takes. Like I'm someone who wants my pizza room temperature. I like it room temperature. I why are you making this face, Shane? That I just that kind of I think room temperature pizza, and I just think like old pizza. Like I. The cheese solidifies and becomes less melty. Old pizza is delicious. But the ingredients also congeal. Mm. And you get it. What's all with room temperature? Well, I don't know, Tony. Oh, Lord. See, see, here's the thing, Lawrence. If I go to, I don't know, um, you know, a pizza place like that that has the the ready-made slices there, they're sitting there and they go to put it up into into the oven. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Just give it to me. Yes. I, I'm with you on this, Speaks. And and part of the reason is there. The cheese and or sauce can end up burning your mouth, meaning that you then can't taste the pizza. So I'd rather, I want a warm pizza. I don't want a piping hot pizza. Like when they bring it to your table, I don't, I'm not going to immediately eat that slice of pizza. Okay, but room temperature implies somewhere between 68 and 74 degrees. We don't know what room temperature is. Tony told us that. It implies somewhere between 68 and 74 degrees. What room? room? Just just a generic room. Any room you're in will likely be between 68 and 74 degrees unless you're in this room the last two days and the building hasn't figured out how to turn the forced heat off. But you want the pizza to be slightly below your body temperature. 
so okay, it doesn't burn your mouth. That's fine. So that would be better to say, I think, than room temperature sure. because that's kind of old pizza. What seventy degrees? Old people? Is that what you said? Old pizza. Uh, oh, uh, that was a, a show with, with Keith Oberman back in the day <laughs> on ESPN two with oh, a leather and, jacket and a mustache. And Jay, what's his name? Jay Crawford. Yes, and gentlemen. Um, seventy degrees. Last I checked, is slightly below my human body temperature. Shane, so you know, like twenty-eight degrees below your human body temperature. Uh, it's true. It's less than thirty, which means that slightly is true in in some way, form or fashion. There, that's what I'm saying. Since when did thirty become the benchmark for what's more than slightly? <laughs> I don't know. I'll work on that. I'll workshop that. But here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's what I'm starting to realize. That my desire to just take the pizza from the pizza place without them heating it up. I mean, yes, Lawrence, like you say, with the uh, the potential burn factor and just the awkwardness of it's eating the hot, the, USA. The, the hot, spicy or the hot and messy pizza. So there's some awkwardness there. But also, I've been known at times in my, in my life to think like a fat person and just give me the pizza right now so I can eat it as soon as possible, I think might be a bigger part of my methodology than I care to admit. Well, for me, so so my goat, like my number one pizza place is Peace. Like New Haven style, I dig it. I love them. Bill Jacobs is a lovely guy, by the way, and uh, it's one of the only places you can get Hot Doug's Atomic Sausage because they're pals. Doug Sohn from I didn't Hot know Doug. that. Oh, yeah. So, so Doug's Atomic Sausage is, uh, is on some pizza over there at Peace. So, so I live in Hyde Park, which it, on a, tr- a day when there's no traffic, it's like 10 miles away from Peace. But usually there is traffic. I found that that ends up being perfect for me. That if I go and pick up a pizza from Peace, by the time I get it back home, it's the perfect temperature for me to consume. Versus like me going to some of the places in Hyde Park, like Medici, where I'm going to have to wait. Because like they literally just pulled that bad boy out of the oven and I got it home five minutes later. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, by the way, have you had Bro Bagel next to Peace? That's also a Bill Jacobs place. No, let me write that down on my list. Really good bagels, very very solid. Started bagels. talking bagels and we can end talking bagels. Yes, yeah. I am. I am all for that. Um, but but like uh, the place that Tanny hit me to, uh, pizza, fried chicken, and ice cream in Bridgeport. Which I will say, I'll go all hawk on you. They have the best pepperoni in the city. Like really? their pepperoni is is flavorful and spicy. Like it it kicks your tongue's ass. <laughs> there are a few better Bridgeport nights than pizza at pizza, fried chicken, and ice cream. And then go over to Maria's Packaged Goods and just get tanked. You, you know that that area is that te- would we call that West Bridgeport? Is it McKinley Park? Is it? I think it might be McKinley Park. I think it might there's be no the border know, of Bridgeport and McKinley Park. There's, there's absolutely no way to know. Well, that area over there, like it's a place where I don't ordinarily spend time on, but or, or in, but I would love to. I like love, I, I would love to be cool enough to hang out over there. I love, um, I love that it's simply called Pizza Fried Chicken and Ice Cream. That's that's remarkable. That's the name of the place. It's like, it's like the place in Chinatown last night. I went with the Rubster looking around. We almost went to go for food. Go for food. When you're out of things to call a Chinese restaurant, you call it go for food. Huh? Is that the name of the restaurant? I yes. Think we're all confused here. Yes. It's called go for food. Oh, okay. That's what it is. That's what it's called. Okay. 
Everybody's confused? No, we're good now. Okay, good. And that is that is still Bridgeport. Pizza okay. fried chicken and ice cream is still Bridgeport. Yeah, like that that corner like right there, is it like Lithuania or Lithuania is the name of the street that goes by it? It's just cool over there. It's, it's the houses like they're the way that they're built is really interesting and there's a lot of history there. Like if if I were to do a history of Chicago podcast or like do a a neighborhood series on House of L or something, that would be something that I'd want to explore. But I'm so happy that Tanny hit me to it because I am a person that enjoys fries with my pizza and they have really great fries over there too. I haven't right, tried okay. the ice cream yet. But- I, I I will I will hit it. Last night in Chinatown we had uh the the fro the frozen the rolled ice cream. You know you know that thing? Yeah that they I, do? I, I I've tried it and I I wanna love it, yeah. but I don't. And well, I don't know why. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have any but I watched my ten year old just his eyes it just it's a marvel how they do it. Is excellent. I think, yeah, I think there's a better quality of ice cream that's available at a lot of different places. But the process makes it a very, very fun experience uh, for shorties, especially. I, so. I'm now doing the the Terry Boars thing because if you have to, if you do enjoy food and occasionally like to, to dip into spicier foods as we get older, the, there can be like an acid reflux type thing. And Terry used to always go, you know, vanilla ice cream. So... If I have a night where I, I get these the spicy pepperoni or mm-hmm. the spicy Mexican food, a couple of spoonfuls of vanilla ice cream, and I don't have those problems. Oh, there you go. It's a piece wonderful. of white bread. Have you ever tried that? Ooh. Just down a piece of white bread, it, it sops that stuff up. Really? Yeah. Is, is, that, is that why, why the Jamaican spots give you that? Yeah, the Jamaican spots do yep. it. And I know the chicken spots do it, because, but they're collecting the grease. Like that, and that's, that's living. Like you go to a Harold's or an Uncle Remus, and you got you you got some of the remnants of your fried chicken on the bread. Oh, that's living, man! Uncle Remus, that's one of those things. I grew up on those stories. I grew up on like Song of the South, and you know the the Briar Patch and Uncle Remus, and I can't can't really uh, pass those on to the next generation. No, you really, cannot. No, <laughs> you really shouldn't. I know. I know. It, 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 it'll, it'll be a victory if you don't. <laughs> I'm trying to stop the cycle of abuse, Lawrence, in my, in my own way. I, I will. Uh, do you watch the television show Atlanta? No, I saw you tweeting about the new season. Still Donald Glover's thing? My still- God, was the latest episode of Atlanta, it was a masterpiece. Like, it's so good. Episode four. I mean, epi- all of it's really good. And episode one and episode four of this season have been a masterpiece. And it, it it episode four is speaking to what you're talking about. And I'll just leave it at that okay. and tell you that it is it's a it can be a standalone. Like you could oh. literally go watch that episode. Nice. And enjoy it and enjoy how masterful a piece of television it is. I will do exactly that. Thank you, Lawrence Holmes. Have a great day, man. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, speaks. You got it. That's Lawrence Holmes right there on 670 The Score. Me, yes, I'm Spiegel. And we are rolling on Parkins and Spiegel this afternoon. Cody Decker is going to join us later on. Uh, Casey Johnson to talk about the Bulls and more. And then Score Stories at 5 o'clock. Can I say who's on Score Stories? Yeah, it's fun. All right, cool. David Schuster is our guest for Score Stories. 
David is a delightful guy who had a number of different roles here for a long, long, long time. And one of those guys who predates and will post-date the score. I think David will be doing updates and doing doing all sorts of things long after the score has gone. I don't know when that is, but I don't expect David to go anywhere ever. I expect him to always be in the business. We'll talk about that with him at 5 o'clock. Tanny's Open kicks us off, and uh, lots of baseball and unwritten rules conversation for you, among other things, here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.